3: Hi, I'm Rick Tittle, and this is the Rick Tittle Podcast on the 8-Side Network. Join me as I get busy with the biggest names in sports and entertainment.
2: Just put it in your pocket, cause this one I got it. Oh, figure it out, there's no need to cut it. Cause this one I got it, oh, scissor it out. And when you're ready, take it slowly and you'll know it was without. No need to worry Cause this one, I got it all figured out
3: That is the new track, All Figured Out, from the lovely and talented singer-songwriter Fire Rose, and uh, this is going to be released on uh, May 6th. we got a little sneak peek. Fire Rose is with us right now, a native of uh, New South Wales, but now living in uh, Los Angeles. Fire Rose, welcome to the show, and um, I was thinking about how... You know, coming from Sydney to to LA, how much of that was a culture shock to you, and then how much of it just seemed like this is where I belong?
2: That's such a great question. Um, you know, I actually always had this kind of—I guess you could call it—an instinct or intuition that I was going to end up um, living in America. I just had felt that literally ever since I was. Um, really young, and I couldn't explain it, but I just, I had this kind of intuitive calling that my soul belonged in the States, even though I grew up in Sydney, so by the time when I actually did make the move at 19, um, it just really felt like very right to every part of me.
3: Now, your your parents... Right. Sorry. No. I know your parents are musicians, and you went to the Newtown School for the Performing Arts in Sydney, very prestigious. Um, and then you, when did you think I'm going to be a star in Australia, or did you did you just think no, no, America, America is calling?
2: <laughs> Truly, um, I was I was very um, I was really like blessed to get to go to Newtown because um, it was such a it was such a phenomenal school to support artists in, in Australia. Um, but to be honest, like the, the second I, I was old enough to get on that plane and move to the States, I was, I was all about it. So I, I really felt like um, the, the opportunities in the music world in America just seemed um, to really be where my heart was at.
3: And then, you know, what's it like to be embraced in places like Nashville and, you know, there are American artists who try their whole lives to get, uh, at the grand old Opry, uh, which you were able to do. And you worked with Billy Ray Cyrus. You did a song. Did it all come so fast to you or do you kind of feel like it's been a hard and rocky road?
2: Yeah, it's, it's definitely (laughs) been a hard and rocky road. Like the, um, the sort of whole notion of, um, of, success or whatever that means for so any individual um, it's sort of different and obviously by the time uh, I was playing the Grand Old Opry it 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 was uh, a full circle moment because that had been a dream of mine since I could remember but it definitely took many years of, um, of you know playing much smaller venues and um, really just working at my craft and becoming the best songwriter that I could to to get myself in a place where those opportunities you know eventuated
3: yeah well it seems that you're very versatile and i know everyone likes to pigeonhole and i know on the radio industry we might say like hot ac for people who doesn't know don't know what that means that means uh like the the new adult contemporary you know as they try to categorize how, how would you describe your brand of music
2: that's a great question too i get. i i probably describe it as soul pop because i really always write from that Place in me that is just deeply connected to my soul. That is quite unexplainable. So I feel um, it, the the song kind of just comes from this place that I I can't express in words, and it only through music can I can I fully express that part of me. So I guess um, it's pop, but it's it's definitely like soul pop. Yeah,
3: yeah. A couple more questions for Fire Rose, her new song "All Figured Out" coming out on May sixth. A piano ballad, which I always um am a sucker for, you know, there's there's something to be said about a great big production and a, you know, fifty piece band, but what is it about just the basics of just sitting down at a piano and writing and singing a song there?
2: Well, that's really like how all my songs start. So even even the ones that end up doing um I get to play with a big band or, or there's a high level of um production and, and session musicians coming into play, that's always super fun, but when it comes to just how the song comes to me, it's always it always starts with me sitting at my piano, and um, and the lyrics and melody kind of forming together. So it's it's really exciting to be um, releasing all figured out, which is which is such a stripped back um, version that hopefully like people will kind of see a side to me that they haven't in my in my previous uh, releases because it's just me and the piano and no no smoke and mirrors. It's just it's pretty raw.
3: And produced by the late, great great Alan O'Day, what was it like to have his expertise on this?
2: Well, Alan was a a mentor and a friend, kind of like I'd never had um, before at the time. He really just took me under his wing and believed in my my music, and um, I was so blessed to get the opportunity to record with him before he passed, and so I... Definitely, I, I get emotional when I think about it. But I definitely feel like he's he's with me, and um, and his spirit is uh, has been like very much my kind of guiding angel since he's passed. So I'm um, I'm honored that he produced the track with me.
3: This it sounds like your music. You're not looking for like a a little catchphrase or a peppy little tune to get us tapping our feet but this comes your music comes deep down within your emotions doesn't it
2: yeah thank you so much for saying that right yeah that's that's really that's kind of how how I was made and I'm, I'm just super grateful to share that with people
3: how does that help you because I know that you went through some rough times how has the music helped you uh, because it helps all of us, but how does it help you directly?
2: Thank you. Um, it, it truly, without without music, I don't think I I would be here. I it has been the cornerstone of of like my life since I can remember. And writing songs was how I processed m- emotions, especially when I was going through difficult, challenging, dark times in my life. It was kind of like um, my saving grace, really, that I could. I could alchemize that pain into into the song so that's like the idea that other people will then be able to hear the song that kind of got me out of the dark place and hopefully it can do the same for the listeners and that's just yeah the greatest gift of music I can, I can think of
3: uh, Well said and I know during the pandemic some people in America thought that we here in California had some draconian mandates but I know in Australia I mean Melbourne was like shut down for a year and a half. What, yeah. Was was it yeah. impossible to travel back and forth?
2: It was full on. I mean, my my family who who live in Melbourne, um, they were just telling me these crazy stories of like you know the the curfew and the police being out in the streets, sort of saying it's seven o'clock, everyone go home on megaphones, and pretty nuts um, <laughs> levels of. Of lockdowns and people being fined for being, you know, a mile away from their house. And, yeah, it was really... I'm so happy that that's the kind of level of um, intensity has been lifted from Australia, for <laughs> sure.
3: Last question for you. And you know show business in L.A. will chew you up and spit you out, and there are 10,000... Girls trying to be fire roses who have moved to LA that are working at Starbucks, still trying to figure it out, trying to get that lucky break. So do you sometimes have to pinch yourself that through your own talent, through your own merit, but that you actually have uh, made it to a spot now where you can look back and, and realize it was all worth it?
2: Uh, every day, every day I, I, I pinch myself and I, I like I start every day um, praying and thanking. My like, my God, who has got me to this place—that that truly is just my story. Happened um for me that I just kind of kept the faith that my music was gonna get me to where I needed to be. And there's not a not a day that goes by that I'm not profoundly grateful for the fact that I am where I'm at now with with my career. And I, and I had those jobs, you know, I I was working as a as a waitress and a um, as a ho- like hostess at restaurants for many years before I was able to make um, my my living from music, so I absolutely remind myself of that every day. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. We've been speaking with Fire Rose. The news track called "All Figured Out." We'll hear a little bit more of it on the way out. It's available on uh, May sixth, where you can get all. Uh, anywhere you can get uh, streaming music. Fire Rose, uh, congratulations. If you're ever uh, in San Francisco, come on in the studio. I'd love to have you drop by. Thank you so much.
2: Absolutely. I'd love that.
3: You're listening to the Rick Tittle Podcast on the 8Side Network. Stay tuned for more.
0: Ah!
3: Uh, thank you for that, and uh, welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast, border to border, and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. The song you're hearing right now is entitled uh, At Sea. It's from the rock group Filiger, who are back after a seven-year hiatus, and they have their eighth studio album entitled Future Self, which has uh, just came out. Uh, next week, and uh, right now we have a couple of members of the band Johnny and Casey. We're working on Pete. Johnny, let's start with you. Um, the the hiatus. What was what was the reason for that?
4: Yeah, well, first of all, it's uh, it's nice to be talking to you, um, and uh, good to be on the show. Um, you know, the, the hiatus. I think life happens. You know, we um, individually move to different cities. We, uh, you know, uh, some fell in love. Uh, and so, you know, uh, it kind of took us into different places, but we, through it all, kind of maintained the, the desire to keep on trucking with music and had a lot of fun putting this album together.
3: And Casey, I know it was about 10 years ago, the State Department basically made you cultural ambassadors. You are going all over the world. You, you went to Russia, and, and not to make light of it, maybe we could use you for some diplomacy right now
5: yeah it might be a little out of our depths, um but we were uh yeah we, we we were very fortunate to be involved in uh in such a great kind of cultural outreach uh program on behalf of the state department and uh got to see some amazing places, places that you know we wouldn't necessarily uh have gone on vacation to um per se with our significant others or anything like that but yeah a lot of a uh, lot of really fun performances and and we got to meet a a lot of really cool people um you know, through those
3: experiences. So, Johnny, what was the highlight of Tajikistan?
4: You know, it's probably similar with all of the trips we've done. I think the highlight's always uh, to you know meet new people, make new friends, and in particular, um, you know, one of the things that's cool is we get to work with a lot of the musicians over there. So. You know, get to get exposed to different, uh, you know, different types of music. I think when we were in Tajikistan, we, we were there with um, at the Roof of the World Festival. And so, you know, we were jamming with Uzbek musicians, Afghani musicians, and it was just a really cool experience.
3: What's it like, Casey, when you like, you know, meet some troops and then they're like thanking you and, you know, we're trying to thank them? It's kind of surreal, huh?
5: Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, we have you know nothing but the greatest respect for uh, for all of our you know uh, servicemen and women overseas and, and here at home. Um, but yeah, like Donnie said, it's just uh, we we feel very fortunate to be uh, kind of involved in in um, you know in these experiences, and, and we get to meet a lot of really cool people. Yeah, not only from from uh, other countries, but also the people you know who are working for. Uh, for the United States. So definitely a
3: really cool experience. Johnny, when you think about indie rock, um, alternative rock, however you want to say it, or even folk rock, is there a Chicago sound? I mean, I know sometimes we try to stereotype this or lump all these bands together, like we kind of did with the grunge in Seattle or whatever. Is there like a Chicago vibe that you guys have, or could you be from anywhere? Uh, you
4: know, I love, I love that question. Um, I think with Chicago, it's probably, you know, probably in our blood in the sense that, you know, we grew up listening to Key 101 in Chicago, going to shows in Chicago, and uh being really around kind of like the alternative rock uh, scene there. And so, uh, you know, our, our hometown heroes, Wilco, is a band that's you know, we've continued to listen to since they put out Yankee Hotel Foxtrot however many years ago. Casey and I just went to a show there in Los Angeles. So, you know, I think it makes its way into the music for sure.
3: When I think about, too, uh, you know, being picked by the, uh, you know, the Crows for the Outlaw Tour, Casey, did you feel like now we have to act like outlaws? <laughs> <laughs>
5: I think that came naturally, actually, before that tour. But, um, no, I mean, just, w- listen, that was, uh, that was like a, a true honor, and, and what an experience that was to uh, tour with those guys. Uh, again, got to, got to go to places that, you know, we wouldn't necessarily have gone on vacation to, but we ended up, uh, you know, it ended up being uh, a, lot of, a lot of work, but a lot of fun, too.
3: One day, by the way, we're speaking with uh, a couple members of Filiger, Johnny and Casey, about the new album Future Self, which is out now. The uh, the Hexcon album <clears throat> that reminds me of the days when I was a kid in the '70s and you'd just hold the album cover and you'd sit in the beanbag chair with your headphones. It's kind of a classic, like a you know the Monolith from the Who or maybe a Dark Side of the Moon. What was the design uh, idea behind that cover?
4: Yeah, man, you know a lot of uh, a lot of lava lamps were, were sitting around <laughs> uh, near, near the beanbag. You know, so actually with you know, a lot of our album artwork it's come from uh, it's come from family. So, you know, the first few albums, those were uh, paintings actually that my cousin Kale Cale um, Williams had, had painted and Hexagon was uh, done by our uh, my brother, uh, Teddy who's the bassist in our band and, you know, honestly, like he, he, I don't know what goes on beyond the uh, Wizard of Oz curtain and how he comes up with this stuff but every time it seems to be you know something different and something cool
3: well johnny let me stick with that because you know casey's not one of the three matthias brothers so i just think about it. i have two brothers as well and it can be love and, and it can be hate within five minutes so how do you how do you all get along
4: i uh, you know deep breathing uh <laughs> you know i don't really know. I mean, there, there have been a few sandwiches that have flown across the room over, over the course of the day during <laughs> in, in band, band practice. Uh, but you know, we're fortunate that I, I think I think it's brought us closer as uh, as brothers. And at this point, you know, Casey, willingly or not, I consider him a brother. So um, you know, that's that's part of the glue that keeps us together.
3: So Casey, whose idea was it to get everybody back in the studio? Somebody had to like corral everyone right
5: yeah i think you know like um as johnny said life kind of life kind of happens but you know it, it just because like we haven't uh been touring as much it, it didn't really uh slow us down from kind of sending ideas back and forth to each other and, and you know like johnny said we kind of have a a relationship that goes way deeper than uh you know just being bandmates so like anytime you know we're messing around on our own or you know making uh garage band recordings or whatever it is like we 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 kind of always felt compared to share them back and forth and then you know like enough uh kind of demos get together get them in the vault and then like, uh, all right well shoot, we should probably finish some of these and and share them with people so i i, I definitely credit johnny with uh kind of spearheading the um you know the final push to get everything together but it's definitely been um a long time you know a long time coming
3: so, Johnny, how much of this is just twenty fifteen continuing, and how much of it have you guys evolved with some new sounds?
4: yeah, you know I think it kind of comes naturally just listening to to new music. I think you know first and foremost we're we're fans of music, and to be able to go check out new shows, a lot of new cool albums have come out, and uh, it's kind of you know hard hard not to be influenced by by some of that um, So hopefully we're doing something
3: different. So last question for you, Casey, you decide on 11 tracks. And uh, in the old days, there just wasn't enough room on the vinyl. So how do you decide what makes it, what's too much, what's too little?
5: Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I don't think i think the creative process you're always kind of like well when is it finished you know uh it's tough to kind of put a period on stuff you always kind of like to have to resist the temptation to keep tweaking and everything but i know you know johnny and i definitely are both um big fans of kind of like the album as a format still um that's kind of what i default to put on unless uh, it's like a playlist um Playlist fan, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think you kind of know it as soon as you kind of, um, as soon as things start to feel good, and and um, a lot of decisions kind of, uh, kind of fall into place, and then all of a sudden you're like, all right, well, you sound pretty good together. Let's uh, <laughs> let's package it up, you know.
3: And last question for you, Johnny. What is the town? And I hope you're not too scared to tell me what is the town you guys went to that you were like, place is a toilet. I'm never going back.
4: Oh man, uh, <laughs> you know I don't want to throw any towns under the bus here. Uh.
1: Um,
4: you know, well I'll tell you what we we uh, at one point we were touring in uh, West Texas and we had the classic, you know, how much how much gas do we have? You know, doing the multiplication tables in our heads for <laughs> mm-hmm. you know how whether we're going to make it. And so we we pulled off into a, a small town and. um in west texas and i think that that was a through no fault of the town itself that was a pretty low low kind of experience <laughs> driving in with a broken van
3: uh paying the dues to get to the top filiger the brand new album future self it is out now we've been speaking with uh johnny and casey uh, and as we go out, we'll listen to uh, an inspiring piano rock tune called The Force of the Feeling. Uh, gentlemen, congratulations on the new album. Thanks for stopping by.
4: Yeah, thanks a bunch. Good talking
3: to you. All right, good thanks stuff. Thanks so much for having us. No problem at all. All right, we will take a quick break and we'll have open lines. Come on back. This has been the Rick Tittle Podcast on the Eight Side Network.